everybody welcome to our show rightly divided where we talk about some scattered remarks featuring millennials and young gen xers welcome our panelists my brothers and sisters first up we have constance days chapman mandy y'all also known as mandy we have her husband lapel chapman aka doc what's up good people y'all can call me doctor for short Okay, doctor. That's right. All right. We have my bro, Joey Gaynor. Everybody what's, knows Joey. What's happening, everybody? And last but not least, Richard Tubbs Smith, famous musician. You can call me Junior Deacon. <laughs> <laughs> and I am Shaya. And again, welcome to our show, Rightly Divided. This is our initial episode. Woohoo! We are excited. <laughs> All right, guys. First, we have to do a check-in. How is everybody feeling this week? I want to tell you that this was a stressful week for me. Um, you know, after what happened last week at the Capitol, and I guess we can talk about that a little bit. It just really made me think about where we are as a country. And um, it's been a very reflective week. Let me just say that. All I could say was, this is America. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, that. <laughs> I mean, that's really all you could say is, you know, this is America. I mean, I and think- we, we live in two separate Americas, two, two, separate two very Americas. different, two very different Americas. Right. <laughs> you are absolutely right. I mean, I mean, this week has been definitely an eye-opening eye for me and everything as well, mainly because I guess, you know, with these kind of situations, you really learn who your friends are, you know, through this, through, you know, situations like this. So, you know, eye-opening, eye reflective, and again, <laughs> this is America. 2020 has been crystal clear for me. <laughs> so you're taking what you learned in 2020 into 2021? Show sure enough. Then Tubbs, you just had a birthday. Happy birthday, brother. Happy birthday, bro. Thank you all. 94 years young. Yes, <laughs> Don't look at day past 93. And if anybody knows Tubbs, he's, his behavior basically does <laughs> seem like he's 94. <laughs> So very true. That, that life water is the youth juice. Mm -hmm. But um, I think it's interesting to hear some feedback about the last few days seeing things. On one hand, it is shocking. I think maybe that the covers have been pulled back. But then on the other hand, for many of us, we have experienced the underbelly, I guess, or the underlying of so many experiences of living in 
the other America and the other side is it's not that shocking, right? You don't want to be a skeptic. You don't want to have a negative perception, but it's sad when you get to the place where you're no longer surprised or shocked by the things that you see. And so that's the area where I'm like, God help us, because if we're getting to a place where it's just like, it is what it is, it's another day, then that lets you know that the things that should not be happening are happening more and more, you know, frequently. And that's problematic, obviously, to state the obvious. It was a, definitely an interesting way to start, start off the new year um, when you consider the fact that uh, we were just looking at trying to put 2020 behind us and all of the chaos of 2020 and what was taking place then um, that happened. And, you know, just a couple of days in, you see this chaos ensue. And so it's like, oh, so this is what we're doing, huh? <laughs> we're not mm -hmm. talking about, you know, being vaccinated or, you know, getting to uh, turning over a new leaf or a new chapter and moving forward. It was just like more of the same. And I think it's unfortunate that we've um, become desensitized to a lot of what we see and what is taking place, especially when it comes to race in America, because um, I think that can be a scary thing as well. Um, if it just becomes something that we see as being normal, then I think we start to move backwards, especially when you think about uh, history repeating itself. You know, right. there's something that we don't want to have occur over again or we don't want to move backwards into a situation where you know we're fighting to be uh desegregated or you know having separate bathrooms and you know things like that or basic human rights right yeah yeah, yeah. um so I'm, I'm hoping that you know some of the, the the steps that have taken place this week um with regards to um the response to what took place um put us in a better position moving forward. And I think I think that that's what really matters right now. You talked about being, I like looking at this as normal. If we look at it as normal, it's like saying that it's, it's okay, you know, and we have to do something about it. Like one of the things that we talk about often is, you know, white privilege. And I've heard so many people say, you know, white privilege isn't real. I've never experienced white privilege or I, I haven't seen white privilege. Well, that was a, a, a display for America what white privilege really is and that in in a show that it really exists and it really really made me think about um or reflect back to um august when uh, my husband and i went down to dc and um we were present for the the black lives matter um, march in dc in august when i tell you they were more than adequately prepared there were police there was police presence everywhere you didn't, have, and not, and I mean, it was very peaceful. No one had an intent, the intent right. to cut up, but you wouldn't been, would not have been able to if you wanted if to, you, if you wanted to, you know, and to, and to see and to learn that, you know, they knew that this had been something that could have been prevented. You know, I was watching, um, Sean King had, had, had shared a video of another angle where when the doors had been open of the Capitol, officers just moved out of the way, let them walk on in, you know, some talked, you know, that's, that would have never happened. And so 
when I say we're living in two different Americas, we live in two different Americas. And, and to me, that's something that's sad, but like um, Dr. Chapman said, um, what happens now is going to make the difference. The response is going to make the difference. And I'm hoping that um, they'll do the right thing and hold each and every person accountable. Send a message. Got me about it, you know, was, um, and I, I was in numerous Facebook debates and everything about this too, is, you know, it, it just continually confirms, you know, a bad, um, a bad rep for our current president that has a few more days and stuff in office. You know, like, you just gonna let, you know, you know, starting with that pre-rally beforehand, we're gonna go and march down to the Capitol and we're gonna cheer. I mean, you you pretty much provoked this situation. <laughs> he said, I'm coming with you. Pretty <laughs> much. And I'm gonna march with you. I'm gonna be marching with you. But meanwhile, sat back and watched on TV. Yeah, and, and, and you sat back with your son and all that stuff, watching this, watching everything unfold. Partying as, as they watched. Yeah. You know, and then more moreover than this is, you know, un unfortunately, he he's he's the president. So all these buildings, the Capitol, all this stuff is still under your jurisdiction. So now you letting folks come in and damage your house. You know, damaging the buildings that you have control over right now as as the president. I mean, they walking in, and I mean, I still have that picture of of the dude sitting in Nancy Pelosi's office with his feet up, like really, or on the Senate floor, like like real, you know, like really, you let these people disrespect your house, and you're saying that it's okay. So it makes me. I'm like the analogy person. I'm always thinking of analogies. I think of it like a child that has repeatedly done things and not received any kind of consequences or discipline, um, that child is going to continue to do things over and over again if he or she has already established a precedent for being able to get away with things. And not so just over every, and over, but it'll, it'll get worse and worse. Right, so for everybody who has uh, or who who participated at some point, something was said or done that made them empowered enough to feel like there would be no consequences if they decided to do whatever they decided to do. And sometimes it's entitlement, but then also, you know, there are other things where people will initially feel like, oh, I don't want to do that because I don't want to get in trouble. But then when someone's saying this is your right to do it, then eventually you'll feel like, okay. Or if, if the person who you feel is representing you right. is aligned with whatever you're saying, how no matter how irrational or how dangerous um, the, the thoughts and the, the actions and the words are, then like I said, you will eventually feel empowered and you'll be surprised. You'll be shocked like, oh, you're going to ground me now. You're going to discipline me now. You're going to take right. away my phone now. Right. You didn't do it before. So, 
And it was interesting that there were no consequences from the parent that day. And if you think about it, Shaya, they're they're looking at it. If you really, if you look back to their president, he had no consequences from the things he was saying and doing when he was campaigning in the very beginning. So this is something that they've been watching for years. It's been okay to say things about black people and things about disgusting things about women. It you've been given a pass and you've been watch, watching your leader be given a pass. So why are you any different if that's who you're following here saying and he's saying that you're saying, you know, so you're right. You're absolutely right in that. And they've been brainwashed since November 4th that <laughs> the day after the election day that that um, they, that Trump has won this election by a landslide. So now, you know, they're fighting because they've been brainwashed like our president has that he has won this election. But like Shay, you hit the nail on the head because I said that, you know, the first time that, you know, we acknowledged that they lost. You could tell Joes have never been sent to their room or, or punished. In, or told in their, no. In their, or told <laughs> no in their lifetime. Never have been, never have been in that situation before. So have you ever been in a situation where you were aligned with someone and you thought that they were... Um, you know, they had your best interest at heart and then you later found out that they didn't and then you kind of stepped away from them. Um, at that point, is it too late or do you get credit for at least eventually seeing the light? I, th I think that that depends, Shaya, because of course, there are times when we may see it that way. In cases like what's happening now, I think that people are trying to save self. You know, these are his last days and I still want to have a political career or I still want to have a life. And so I don't think that for everyone, this isn't a, a genuine, oh wait, I messed up and I need to fix this. It's let me separate myself to save myself. And I see that completely different. So well, when you- I disagree just a little bit only because I feel like there was some stuff that happened this week that went a little too far. Too far, yes. Think about, if you think about the situation in D.C., a lot of those people who aligned themselves with him and still kind of carried the same principles after the fact, they could have died. They could have literally been killed. Right. They could have bombed that whole building and destroyed everybody in it. That's right. Alliances wouldn't have mattered at that point. But then the question is, how do you sleep at night knowing that you've pushed this agenda that's based on a lie, and then you cause these people to die off of not the truth. And so I think in that particular instant, I think at some point, some of them have said, you know what, this, this is just a little too much. I ain't signed up for this right here. Um, I'm, I'm getting off this train. Um, and so whether or not it's genuine or whatever the benefit of them doing it at that point, um, I think if that's what it took for it to happen, and that's you know, it's, it's all well and good, but at the end of the day, you still don't have, your character still comes into question regardless of when you decided to to, to, to get off that, that train or, or hop off that ship or whatever the case may be. Right, and, and what, what I was you, going to say yeah. is for some, I do see it that way, 
some of it, some of them, I do think they're just trying to, to save their political careers and themselves. And for others, I think I was, I didn't get a chance to finish, but what I was going to say was something similar where I think, oh, now I see we, we've gone too far, you know, either way or the other, it needs to be said, you know, this was a mistake. I, I don't see how someone can be labeled, I guess, an extremist right now compared to when 45 first got in office. As, as soon as I heard that he had the possibility of winning and he had no political experience, I said, he's capable of anything. So I'm totally against him. So now that people are trying to back away uh, the last few days of his presidency, it's uh, it's kind of like you 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 had ulterior motives the whole time. I, I don't trust you or any of your friends. I mean, it's definitely an interesting take, and we don't know anyone's heart. And so therefore, I think that's why we're very con uh, conscious and very um, careful to not judge. But I think that there is some level of being complicit, you know, when you don't speak out. Um, and, and granted, politics is not a, a game where what you see is what you get. There are so many things, so many moving parts, so many things that um, affect, like one decision affects so many other things. And so I know that the game is not um, checkers, right? But at the same time, I do think that we, we don't have to give them a trophy for doing it. But at the same time, I think enough is enough. And at some point you do have to remember what you said that you stood for, um, that it is supposed to be about the people, all people. And really, I, I think that it starts at the, at the ground level, at the grassroots level. So when we look to people on a national level to do the hard work, we have missed the boat, so to speak. You know, we have to get involved at the ground level to make sure that these people that weren't doing good things on the local level don't ever rise up the ranks to eventually have so much power where you're like, how did they ever get in, in power? Either people voting or not voting. Not voting. You know, at all, not being involved. So like the whole concept of white privilege it's interesting because I've had conversations about that. And a lot of times people that are not willing to acknowledge the existence of white privilege are non-wealthy folk, you know what I mean? So people will say, I could not have benefited from white privilege because my parents didn't have anything or my grandparents were poor. I grew up poor. And so the conversation usually leads to, yeah, but you can go into a situation and infiltrate a space and be treated with a level of respect that someone else might not ever get simply because on the surface, they're perceived a particular way. You know, the prejudice exists out the gate. So I think Wednesday's 
um, events definitely showed that it doesn't matter what class you're in or what your socioeconomic background is. Right. You are a recipient of that white privilege. So it's just my take on that whole thing. So, you know, we, we have to definitely woosah. And I don't want to, if anyone else wants to chime in on this, I certainly don't want to move on without you being able to do that. But sometimes we got to take inventory of our emotions about mm -hmm. the situation. And you'll either be on one end of the spectrum, you'll be like fired up and ready <laughs> to just like go off. Or like doctor said earlier, you can become desensitized or indifferent to the whole thing. And I think both ends of the spectrum are very dangerous because they can result in, in some very complex feelings and actions. I would say I'm definitely on the uh, indifferent kind of it is what it is side because I've seen so much of it uh, for so long that it's hard to continue to care when you don't see any positive results. So the, the spiritual side is saying, don't lose hope, don't stop praying, don't stop believing. The natural side is saying, in order to maintain your peace, just black it out your yeah. mind. And something that Chris Rock said, even though you know he's a comedian, he said, you know, I'm a rich black man. And there's no white man that would want to trade places with me. And as soon as you're done laughing, you say, yeah, that, that's true. I, I, I can believe that. So that, that's a harsh reality when a top of the line, successful black man cannot find someone of another race that will want to be in his shoes because he could be targeted or blackballed at any moment just because of the color of his skin. And he also said that the white man that lives in his neighborhood is probably a dentist. <laughs> so he has to he has to work so much harder, has to be the top comedian, has to have all these movies, has to have all this success. And meanwhile, right. the person who lives in his neighborhood can be a dentist. Not a celebrity dentist, not an amazing <laughs> dentist, not the top dentist, just a dentist. So if that doesn't show you two different Americas, <laughs> I don't know what 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 will. So um, I wanted to talk about this um, situation, and it's another it's another topic that can enrage you if you allow it. And I promise y'all to our listeners, we're going to move and we're going to talk about some lighthearted stuff too. We're kind of doing the front loading, getting the heavy stuff out the way, but um, the incident and, and Tubbs, I don't know if you have any connection with um, Keon Harold, but for any of you that don't know, there was an incident in um, the, the Arlo Soho uh, hotel mm -hmm. a few weeks ago where a 14 year old boy, and I'm very strategic about, about calling him a boy, was assaulted by a 22 year old woman. And I'm not really 
sure about her ethnicity, um, but that's neither here nor there considering the fact that she accused him of stealing her iPhone. I don't, first of all, let me just say, I don't think any of this would be happening if it was an Android. But um, <laughs> I beg to differ. I beg to differ. She would have been like, oh, you got it. Oh, all right. <laughs> I can get one of them next week. <laughs> but um, she accused him of stealing her iPhone and come to find out he was not the person who took her iPhone. Honestly, I don't think anyone took it. It was right. found in an Uber, supposedly, um, whatever. But they could. They were trying to get her to see that, number one, you were not asking everyone in that lobby if they mm -hmm. had your phone, okay? So you were very specific about who you targeted mm -hmm. and who you asked. And if you, did anyone see the video? Yes. Yeah. Oh, she yeah. Hacked? Yeah. I'm glad you used that word attacked because she was adamant that he had her phone. He had a phone of, of his own and she was actually invading his personal space. Mind you, everyone, we are still in a panoramic, okay? <laughs> We're in the middle of a parallelogram and people are still <laughs> acting like all is well in the world, okay? So she's in this boy's face trying to get around him. Um, demanding that he shows her his phone. I don't know about you guys, but number one, nobody can tell me I have to show you my my personal belongings, right? He's She's going after him and she's like snatching around him. She attacks him and then her his dad like moves her out the way or whatever and she ends up falling. She will not let this boy go. And I think that the hotel manager is basically pleading with the boy to just show the phone. All right, so there's so many things that are problematic with this. Like he's asking the boy to just show the phone to kind of make it all go away. That to me is wild because do we get the same consideration? Mm -hmm. right. you know, that's a rhetorical right. question, but you really can't answer it in this case. It's, to, it's, it's this particular in incident is is funny and it's is weird and it's strange and it's confusing all at once. And I think um, as an educator and having um, been in an, an assistant principal at the high school level and now at the middle school level, I've seen some nasty, vicious, uh, violent reactions when it comes to a young lady and their cell phone. And when I tell you, if you ask them to kindly hand over their device because they're using it in the middle of class, you would get almost the same kind of response. And so it's one of those things where it's like, what are we doing now where you just lost your phone and you go from I lost my phone to I'm going to go hunt this boy down and attack him because I think he has my phone. Mm -hmm. Not let me call somebody and turn it off or let me go track let me go and track it because the phones have trackers on them now. Um and then not knowing that young lady's race what have you been watching on your phone because you've obviously spent a lot of time on it that has 
caused you to, or triggered in your mind to immediately go after this particular demographic of a person, this profile of a person without looking at everyone else. And the crazy mm -hmm. thing is he could have went in her purse and took all of her money out of there. And she wouldn't have said a thing about it, but because it was her phone, she mm -hmm. And then how about even the easy thing? How about, I mean, like even when we lose our phones in the house and everything like that, or, or we misplace our phones in the house, well, let me call your phone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it could have been something as even as elementary as while you're in that hotel, like, manager, can I use your phone to call, you know what I mean? You know, to call my phone. And that whole thing could have been done in minutes or in seconds when the phone rang and dude was like, and dude's phone's not ringing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, while, while I do know that there is an issue with addictiveness to our cell, cellular devices and phones, we and that's a whole conversation in itself. Mm -hmm. I find an issue with the fact that you didn't go and accuse this one. You didn't go and accuse that one. You singled out this one. And you, if you, if you watch the video, because she was saying that, you know, her phone was she was away in I think in New York and it was because it was her only lifeline to her family so it was important but with whatever the case I don't care none of that was important to me your response and the way that you dealt with this young man which is not how you would have dealt with someone else and it just goes back to the same conversations that we had and I mean it goes right back to racism and prejudice and that systemic racism and I'm not going to ignore that because that's exactly what it was. And, and I even saw in the interview she had on a hat intentionally, um, it was said, daddy. Um, and you could see her lawyer was asking her initially to take it off. Like, you know, maybe like basically let her know maybe she shouldn't wear it. She wore it intentionally. And then as Gail interviewed her, she was nasty to her, you know? <laughs> and so <laughs> that's what she said. Yeah, she said, Gail was trying to get her to understand the consequences or, you know, just the fact that what you are trying to defend, you have to understand the implications of what you did and, and the underlying meaning or how, right. you know, how it looked. She just said, she literally said, Gail, enough. enough, put her hand up. And if that, we don't come from that. Exactly, because I was thinking if that was my, if Gail was my mom, the cultural differences. I, I was like, wow, this is. I think every <laughs> black person what? that watched that interview was like, oh man, <laughs> Gail, Gail should have been like she did when she interviewed R. Kelly, Robert. Right. Robert, <laughs> Robert. <laughs> it, it was wild. It was right. really wild. But yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I had to jump in about just her overall disrespectful disposition, but. I don't even remember what I was um, leading, to or leading to, but either way or the other, it was, it was something that it, it just plays right into what has been happening and privilege. And I'm not, I'm not sure that she, she was white. I did read something. Um, she passes. That's all, that's all I'll say, whether she is or whether she doesn't. And, and the privilege was used 
and, and, and it was still expected to be used in, in excusing your behaviors. And that's kind of how I see it. And I, I still, the same manner in which I'm saying things need to be addressed from last week is the same way that this needs to be addressed. And it was supposed to be an apology that she was given, but it wasn't one, but her behaviors were unacceptable. And that's, I'll leave it there. And, because I'll go back to what, what you were saying and what Tubbs was saying. I think that we have a good balance of, not the extremes, but Tubbs, Tubbs said he like kind of desensitizes. I don't do that. I'm like, I, my activist button gets hit and my husband will have to say Mandy, <laughs> you know? So, you know, I think that it's important for us to have these types of conversations to sort through our feelings and our thoughts, you know, and just it, talk about what's really happening because I think a part of it is too, a lot of it is not discussed. Things are happening, but we're we're ignoring them. They can't be ignored. They must be addressed. We have to talk about it. And do something about it. I mean, do you want an offering for that? Because <laughs> <laughs> there's really nothing else to say. Like, oh, some marching music. Yeah. Marching music. <laughs> benediction you can give the benediction whatever you know? it's it's imperative yeah it's the call it's the call to action because if you just continue to internalize things and just let it fester you know you'll wake up one day angry and it'll just be coming out in every relationship that you have which is not which is not fair at all so what are some of the things that we're doing to decompress right so music we love music on here um tubs tell us a little bit about some new music that's out why thank you <laughs> um there is one project called ignite by my friend bishop brandon jacobs and his church new zion temple uh i think the music allows you a chance to escape your present circumstances and tap into the church environment where you can focus on praising God and enjoying the Holy Spirit with your brethren and sistering. Another project is Worship at the Well volume two um it is not as churchy and in your face as ignite is but it does give you that same escape feeling where you can worship and praise and not think about uh, any problems or worries at the moment you can give it to god and let him know what's on your heart and allow him to give you peace. Who, uh, who, um, who's that by, or who's the artist for that? Worship at the Well. I am not sure. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, put you on the spot. But I will say that Ignite album, have you heard that, Joey? I haven't heard that yet. Such I a will be album. downloading it though. Yeah, a little bit. Album. Um, a lot of good songs on there. 
It's it's very hard to tell. Is um I think the the group is the artist is called the Well. Okay. That's, yeah, the artist is the Well. That's what they call themselves. Yeah, they don't have their pictures on there, so you can't really know who they are. <laughs> you heard that album? <laughs> nope. Oh, I've seen, I've seen, they did a um, project worship at the well in like 2017 or something like that. So I remember um, that one, but the part two, I didn't even know that that one's coming out. So thank you Tubbs for sharing some of the music. And if you're into Christian rap, Lecrae has a new album called Restoration. Yes, love Lecrae. Are we fans of Christian rap? I think Christian rap gives, uh, gets a bad Oh, I was about to. <laughs> <laughs> what was I going to say? Gets a bad what? Rat. 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 Yeah, that, that was an unintentional pun. But um, I don't know. Like, what do you. Sometimes, and this is my humble opinion, sometimes it can come off insincere and kind of corny, right? I don't know. Like, I just feel like every their music is is beautiful and there's a a place and a lane for everything don't try to make i guess not worldly but secular things into like gospel and i don't mean the genre i just mean like don't try to make this circle peg fit into like the square hole like don't mm -mm. because then it's like corny to me what do y'all think i don't know because i think a lot of the genres within Christian music have done that for a while. You go back to um, what they used to do with uh, pop music originally. They would take those same melodies and, and those same sound structures and then create them um, or create gospel songs out of them. And so now it's the same thing with rap. They've taken those same melodies and that same structure and then they've just done it and, you know, applied, you know, um, spiritual themes to them yeah. so it's the same it's kind of the same thing and it's something that's always been done and i think part of that and i don't know if it's you know by design with regards to um record companies of course trying to monetize it and benefit from it um but i think there's some some music some some of it's genuine and some of it you know is from the heart but then the ones that you're hearing have become commercial or have had the machine behind them to make it so that it doesn't feel as though it's, you know, as genuine or as real as it it may have been when they were intending to create it. Or if it was, it might not even been in that lane. It might've just been pushed like, all right, this is what we need to construct so we can make some money. Right, and I, that's why I said, I think it's a, a lane for everyone, you know? So like, wow, contemporary gospel music may not be something that some are interested in. Like, I remember when, for example, my son, started wanting to listen to like rap music I would see him like in his room like searching up little different artists for me it was I still want to ensure that you have a good and strong foundation that is godly and so I started because I realized that he wants to listen to rap music I know I don't want to be that parent where it's like no you can't like my mom was like that initially like straight <laughs> You know, and I don't want, I look at it like this, kids want to do what kids want to do, regardless whether they're sneaking or whether they're not. So what I tried to do was provide some alternatives. So let me look for some Christian rap music that 
you know, you that may interest you where you're still getting that word or, you know, getting, you know, the foundation of what I want you to learn, something that's important. So I just think that it's a lane for everyone. It made me think back to that Sunday when we had the Christian gospel artists come in and some people in the church were looking like, what is this and what is happening right now? This is too much for me. You know, I'm not accustomed to this. Um, and then others, you know, they enjoy it. And I think that we, you know, as Christians have to be open-minded because if I was a rapper and I, and I give my life to Christ, that doesn't mean that I want to give up what I was doing, rapping. Now, I instead of rapping about the world, I want to rap about Jesus. And I'm hoping that people can receive that. And so um, I'm, I just think that there's a lane for everyone. And you just have to, whatever you want to listen to, you kind of have to find your lane, you know? That's a great point. Um, definitely in terms of the, I think that's what I mean when I, when I talk about sincerity, because like going, you great, you gave a great example of someone who gets saved and then has a passion for this musical genre, mm -hmm. but some people will walk away from salvation because they feel like there are so many things that they can no longer do, mm -hmm. which is ignorance. But then mm -hmm. it's like, we, as as the body of Christ, what message have we been sending people about a Christian lifestyle? You know, exactly. what it means to walk with Christ. Is it just a list of no's? Right. You know, is it about um, making sure that you always cross your, cross your T's and dot your I's? Mm -hmm. Or is it more about the benefits that you get um, living with Christ versus like the, the, the deficits. And I think sometimes on the outside looking in, it appears that you lose or you have to give up so much when you uh, receive salvation. So if we want to talk about that, that would be great. Mm. And I, I think that's a, I think that's a whole conversation in itself. Um, <laughs> I really, I really do definitely because, is. because I, definitely is. I think, you know, it happens, it happens unintentionally sometimes, you know, and I remember even hearing friends that I would, you know, bring to church or, you know, minister to or witness to, not minister to, which is more witness to, and, and they would, and I would hear that, like, I would have to, they almost felt like they could not be themselves if they became a Christian. I was like, what? Like, I'm totally me and have fun doing it. And I think that the biggest thing for people to understand is that you don't have to be perfect. No one is perfect. And being a Christian doesn't call for you to be perfect, but you can make some better decisions, you know, and that's for everyone. And, and you know, we use the word as our guide. We, we should want to live a good life. And I think that it's just important for, I think for, for, for the church, for churches to not hold up an X to people that are not Christian perfect, you know, it, because this is not realistic to not close a door or to gossip and turn a back or, or blind eye because they don't look like you want them to look or talk like you want them to talk or walk like you want them to, to walk, you know, and I, I think that if, and I'm not saying it in a manner in which, you know, I, I believe that there should be a manner of correction and like you should, you should be addressing things but it's a right way to do it you know and I think that you have to be sensitive to others and 
and I, I, I can be honest and say that's one of the reasons why I do like our church. Um, but I think that that's important. And end of the day, we're all still works in progress. All of us, whether, you know, whether we're farther along in our walk or just starting our walk, you know, we're all, you know, we're all works in progress. We're all still trying to, you know, improve and things like that. So, I mean, you know, none of us, you know, can really, you know, be judgmental because none of us are there. You know, I mean, we're not there yet. You know, you know, we strive for that every day, but again, we're still WIPs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, I can't wait until um, the show where we really dive into that yeah. um, because Mandy, you really hit on a lot of different things and we can go in so many different directions with what you said and then Joey, um, pulling out the whole concept of being non-judgmental and us all looking at ourselves as works in progress, um, which goes on to talk about grace and extending yes. the grace to other people. <laughs> ah, yes, hallelujah. Um, and then how, how we've been given grace every day, how we continue to have grace and we operate under grace um, and not the law. Mm. But, you know, I, I can't wait to have that conversation and really just talk ab about that whole thing, um, which kind of is what we were talking about earlier in, in terms of those uh, lawmakers that are jumping ship right now. Maybe right. we can extend some grace to them and uh, just say, Lord, work on their hearts like you continue to work on ours. Um, because the moment that you think that you have it all together is, is when you are really just on the wrong path. You're really about to mess up and, and stumble. And people look for that. You know, when you get on that, that, um, that platform or you're on your, what's it called? Soapbox. Soapbox, yes. When you're on your soapbox and you're talking about everything that someone else shouldn't do, that's the moment when people are like rejoicing in your in your downfall. So right. <laughs> would you say, doctor? You're like, wait for it. Yes. <laughs> you know, but that's what the Bible says. Take heed lest you fall. So right. I'm just doing the best that I can. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's where we are. So as we close. I do want to just say that, you know, this week has made me think about the importance of um, educating <laughs> and talking about what's going on, like we said, reflecting, but then also becoming involved in doing something. Um, so I think that, you know, a lot of times, oftentimes we comp complain about our conditions, but we sit back and we allow it to happen. So I'm going to encourage um, everyone to get involved you know, go register some voters because as, as Stacey mm -hmm. Abrams showed us. And Stephanie Dixon, shout out. And, Steph and shout out to Stephanie Dixon, whom I love um, from right here in Atlantic City. They have shown us that our votes really do matter. And it, it is important that we exercise our right to vote. So I say get involved, register some voters, make sure that your families and your family and your friends are voting and that you're doing the same thing. Um, you know, 
we have to we have to move, be be called and move to action. We can't just sit back and talk about it. We have to do something about it as well. So that's what I'm encouraging you to do. Because we're all works in progress, we know that we are constantly reflecting and trying to improve our show. So first of all, let's give ourselves a round of applause for our very first show yeah. being in the books. Let's go. But we want to hear from you. We want to know what you're interested in talking about, the topics that are important to you, because again, the target audience are, you know, the millennial generation and our young Gen Xers. We'll be talking about things that are happening in the church, our history with the church, but also things that are going on in our world. So you can get in touch with all of us on all social media platforms. Our Twitter is underscore rightly divided, same for IG, and our email address is the same, correct, Mandy? It is, and if you send us an email, rightly divided at gmail.com, we will read what you wrote and we'll discuss that as well. So we want to hear from you and we want to be engaged. Where's Bull? <laughs> All right, so look for our next show and hopefully you reach out to us and get involved and start the conversation off, um, off our little video so that we can be more engaged our next episode. We can't wait to hear from you and talk to you. Does anyone have any closing words? Be encouraged. <laughs> that should probably be our tagline, but then you yes. probably, you'd probably <laughs> leave the show and then try to sue it. So, <laughs> for using it. <laughs> but we want you all to um, stay safe. Um, Remember that we are still in a pandemic for all of you that did not understand that I was substituting the word. Yes, I'm referring to a pandemic. We're still in the middle. Stay safe, stay socially distant, wear your mask and check on your loved ones. And let me just make that one correction. Our email is rightly, rightly divided show at gmail.com. Email us. Yes, email us. Let us know. What and continue you to pray for our country, everybody. We love you. Please. Love y'all. See y'all next time. Mm -hmm.